I just made a word up. That's so funny. <laughs> we just became a conglomerate. <laughs> Where did that word come from? More than five from? letters. More yeah, than five not, letters. That's, that's, right. that's five syllables. That's more than five letters. My husband works with computers, and that is very different <laughs> than ministry. Yeah. So I can throw something out, and you can say, that's stupid, Kay. We have a severe case of collective ADD. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. Community and connection have been vitally important because, you know, if you do it by yourself, it's all your fault. There were 15 of us in a tiny room. With- we have no idea how professional or unprofessional this thing may turn out once we're done with it. Check, check one, two. Is this thing on? Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping ministry leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch, host of the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. I am here tonight with uh, with a couple of, of of our favorite friends and one special guest. Um, let's do some introductions. I can't even do hello ladies yet, which is kind of disappointing. But I am here tonight with Kay Wolfinger. <laughs> Caroline Wood, and one very special Anna Wolfinger. I could call you guys the W's because you all have W last name. <laughs> That's so, right, we do. So Anna, we do this thing every week because it's always it's usually me and 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 Laura's not here. It's usually three ladies. So I always say, say hello, ladies, and y'all together will say hello. hello. There we go. <laughs> hello, ladies. All right, great. Um. Yeah, so we were talking the other day about, uh, you know, what could we, what should our next topic be for the Cultivating Ministry podcast? And we said, what if we were to talk about social media and some of the um, pros and cons and and goods and bads and uglies and in-betweens of social media in a ministry context and a leadership context? And um, some one of us had a great idea. It's like, hey, why don't we have Anna on the pod? Because you like how Anna, by the way, Anna's like, like is, is literally Kay's daughter in case you didn't catch. Literally. Literally. So <laughs> she is definitely old enough or young enough to be my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so she takes the average age of the podcast and cuts it in half pretty much. Way down. <laughs> Makes us very cool. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we decided if we're going to talk about social media. We better get a little bit of a cool factor on this thing because we are not cool. So Anna, though, Anna, tell us what what is your major? Because Angel's majoring in something that has to do with social media. And I don't know exactly what it is. Tell us what it is. So my major is digital marketing, and then um, I'm double minoring in social media production and then entrepreneurship. Sweet, that just sounds smart. Just, <laughs> you have some certifications too that I don't understand, but are important. Honestly, yeah. don't all. I can't remember. You want to tell us about your certifications, Anna? Go for it. Um, yeah, so I have a lot through HubSpot, uh, which is a CRM system, but um, they have certifications like SEO, content marketing, um, and I think email marketing is another one I have through them. And then um, Excel, Bloomberg, um, Google, Google Analytics, Google Analytics 4. Yeah. I'm pretty much in Greek. I'm pretty much sitting in a Greek class all of I, all of a sudden. <laughs> I just got this hazy look in my eyes, and it was like wah 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 wah. wah. Um, exactly. I'm sure somebody out there listening to this podcast who that makes a lot of sense to. That's not me, but you can see already why we decided it was a smart idea to have Anna on here. <laughs> if we're going to talk about social media, uh, other than the fact that she's Kay's daughter. Um, so anyway, we're, we are going to talk about social media ministry. I thought a good way to, to open us up tonight would be to think about or maybe share what's like your favorite like non-ministry social media follow. Um, what, what 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 do you got? What's like your favorite one? Okay, you're dying to have this conversation, so I want to. Well, it's this. funny because um, be- before COVID, I didn't even really follow anything non-ministry related and COVID? yeah thanks COVID because you know extended, well COVID okay, extended so, K's horizons yes and part of the reason for that is because someone on this podcast who lived in my house and I would sit at night and watch TikTok and, me out. I'm, and I'm in the laugh here. yeah <laughs> And laugh and her pot, Anna's TikTok hole, rabbit hole is way better than mine because mine's all about 
moms and cooking and blah, blah, blah. And hers is funny because it's about babies and dogs. And anyway, so, um, but then I started following influencers on Instagram <laughs> and I have probably about five that I like to watch daily. I try, I don't always get to all of them. But one of my favorites probably is Devin Donnell. Um, and they are a married couple who live on the very west side of Ohio, in between Ohio and Indiana. And I started watching them because they started redoing an RV. And that's my dream to someday own an RV and travel the country. So you want you want to own an RV but not necessarily redo one? No, I would like to redo one. My husband thinks I'm insane, but yeah. That's not the first time he's thought you're insane. Oh, no, that's not. That's just and, one of the reasons. And it, won't, and it won't be the last. No. Anyone, how about who, who's your non, your favorite non-ministry follow? So I, my favorites that I don't miss are artists. So Sean Petit, who is my favorite, and she is in Ohio. Oh, Where? She lives in Ohio. I don't. I can't remember. It's just Ohio, okay? There's only. It's like you say Ohio. I know. It covers a multitude of things. She lives in Ohio, so and I, I am. She, I am going to be honest. I don't know either one of those two, and I'm sure I'm not going to know Anna because I'm nowhere near as serious <laughs> she is. So, Anna, who's your who's your favorite social media follower? You're not really in the ministry world as much, so you probably have a really good one. <laughs> so I follow these two twins on TikTok um named beth ann and kaylee and they are just super funny they go to georgia university and um they just do like get ready with me they do you know yeah they they um are right now doing this tiktok workout trend called the 75 hard uh, which is where you do two 45 minute workouts a day one is outside one's inside and then you read 10 pages of a book you don't drink alcohol um and you, like follow Seven, a diet or something. Okay, I've got some math issues here. First of all, you said two twins, and you only named two people. Two twins would be four. <laughs> That's a math issue. The, the other, right, the other math, dad. the other math that you said was called seventy-five hard. Mm -hmm. But it's forty-five minutes and forty-five minutes. That's ninety hard. I'm confused. It's seventy-five days, so you do that oh, for seventy-five okay. days. Okay, done. That makes perfect sense now. I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, anyway, so. Um, yeah, you're right. I've never heard of those folks, but they can't be half bad because they're 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 university <laughs> folks, and I'm a Georgia grad, so they can't be that bad. Um, Who's so, your favorite, Chris? So I actually follow. I've got there's so many I could tell you because I I I don't I follow probably more non ministry people than I do ministry people. I do some leadership folks, but um, so I got kind of a I, I could go with any 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 vein here. So, so there's a, a, there's a guy in the golf world called CPG club pro guy. And it's this complete satire thing. And this guy is, is, has built this entire like business and like million dollar company around this character he's developed on social media. And it's, it's freaking hilarious. Um, I could also tell you about um, like one of my favorite, ones now is there's a thing out of knoxville where laura lives called uh tmg pits and they build custom barbecue pits and they know i knew that's what they're the, really cool machines. of course meat church everybody's heard of meat church which is a great which is the name of a barbecue uh company and guy out of texas and i wish i had come up with that name of meat church because it's freaking awesome um but yeah. anyway, to bore you I also follow like oh there's all kinds anyway they're great so obviously social media can can lead you in all kinds of as as Kay calls it a black hole, or I call it a rabbit trail. You call it something. Maybe you said rabbit hole. I said rabbit. Oh, oh rabbit hole. I call it a rabbit trail. Rabbit hole, rabbit trail. Um, black hole. It, it, right. But it's, it's you know, it's kind of funny because when, when some of us, well, three-fourths of us started in ministry, um, there was no such thing as social media. Matter of fact, there was no such thing probably at that point of email. There may not have been the internet. Cell phone. That, that matter. No. I, I mean... I don't even know that I had a cell phone when I start. Uh, I might have, but we never used it because it, it was, was way. If too it was, expensive. it was a bag phone. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a bag phone you had to plug in the car. And um, maybe there's internet, but we never used inter internet. I can remember, you know, some people don't know why clip art has its name, but it used to be that you actually had to make copies of it 
clip it out, cut it, and literally mm -hmm. paste it onto mm -hmm. an extra paper and run a copy. And then you had to take white out because you'd have the line around it from cutting it out. See, I was good. I had I had I had mastered the art of scotch taping it, and so you wouldn't get those seams. That was really yeah. Good. You're just good, Chris. Well, see, Anna, see these lessons you're learning. Right. She, Anna's like now she's hearing wah 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 wah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so nowadays you, you don't exist unless you have a website and a social media presence, which is why there are now digital marketing majors in, in colleges yeah. around the around the country. So I guess tell me what what are what are what's like if you had to list what is a, a what's the biggest benefit that you guys see for ministry in, in social media? Or is there one you can even name? Well, I think, I mean, first of all, it's a discipleship tool that we need to be using. I mean, you talk about being able to reach the world. Um, you have no idea what, um, how vast your reach could be if you're doing social media well and the messaging that you could be sending out. And we saw that, right? I think with um, um, the pandemic, when churches started going, virtual um i know in all some of our churches in ohio um one of them got an email from a prison in i think missouri and said hey is it okay if we ran across your church service can we broadcast your church service in our prison nah. well yeah nah, you know i really not <laughs> and then, um some families started worshiping together in different states because they were able to watch the same worship service together and just neat stories like that so yeah. that's it's cool. amazing yeah what would you say Kay? anything you would add to that okay i'm Kay. Kay <laughs> all right you guys have to understand if you haven't noticed before you have the podcast i have this mental block with caroline and Kay, and i will well but the funny thing is we have a really good friend brad and we i we used to always interchange brad and chris so yeah, so turn about will be fair play because we're gonna have brad on here the next uh -oh. few weeks and so I'm sure at some point Kay will call me Brad and Brad Chris. Mm -hmm. What would you add, Kay? Yeah. Uh, Caroline, <laughs> did it again. Uh. Um, there will be a long list of things I call Brad when he's on the <laughs> podcast. Does that mean we're going to have to get the bleep button out? <laughs> we might need that. Um, no. Yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, just to add, there's all kinds of ways. I mean, let's just say people are close and we've heard the expression that people are uh, more like tuned in to social media and less connected. So now I think the challenge is even though you can be close across miles and across technology, it's making it meaningful and making it um a true connection that's the challenge and is why we need Anna and her certifications because yeah. Yeah. So I've often said that this is the most connected generation. It is the most connected generation, but yet in some ways is the still the loneliest generation um, because I think what social media does, is it allows you to know a, a lot about a lot of people, but you don't really get to know anybody really well, unless you're still intentional about it. Um, you get to know what they want you to know, the pristine yeah. side or yeah. the opposite. You know, one you get to know one extreme or the other. Sure. Yep. And what would you say? And, and again, I know you don't have a, a much of a ministry background, except you grew up in a, in, a, in a youth worker's house. So what would you say as far as what do you see from where you sit as far as what what can, could be the, the benefit of, of social media in a, in a ministry context? Yeah, so what I was going to say is since I was raised in Kay Wolfinger's house, I am naturally going to be an advocate for my generation and our age in the church. And so um, I I think we're coined as the COVID generation now. So I think even though we were already plugged into one another, we're even more now because of COVID and we're actually more, I don't want to say lazy, but like our, our depression rates are higher. And so we're more... Mm -hmm. um, you know, statistically, we want to grab our phones more and we don't want to do things in person anymore. So I think right now it's the only way to reach out to my generation for churches. And if they're not doing that, then I mean, 
I mean, my mom has seen what it has done to churches and I've seen what it's done and like firsthand what it's done to me. And so I think it's the only way you can reach um, my generation and the one below it. So go ahead, Kay. I was just going to say, I think too often us older people um, want to judge. (laughs) I know. Want to judge that and say, well, you can't connect that way. That's not authentic relationships. And we have to realize that it is for them. It is the way that they're connecting with one another. And and, And that doesn't mean that we can never meet for coffee face-to-face or invite you into a face-to-face um, connection, but that we need to at least start um, on social media <clears throat> in order to, um, I, I don't know, open the door, I guess. You know, I used to, I have often when, when, when adults or parents, it, when, it, when I've in the local church and they would get to fussing about um, kids texting on their phones in church, I would always remind them that we used to do the same thing. It's just, <laughs> we wrote it on a piece of pad, paper, paper. <laughs> wrote it up, passed it down the, down the aisle mm-hmm. until your mother caught you and grabbed you by the ear and twisted you and you stopped. <laughs> You know, and I said, so really, it, it's, it's been going on for years. Mm-hmm. It's just now they have a, a way to pass a note across town or across the country or across the world, for that matter. Um, and so it's, 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 we're just mad because they got better te- better ways of doing it than we did. <laughs> right. That's the so, truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, though, if because I do think there's something to this this idea or this notion that there's only... Do you agree? I'd be curious, particularly for Anna. Do you agree that you can only go so deep on, like, on a on a phone or, or on connecting through social media or through whatever? Or is there a limit to how much you can really know a person? Is there is, is there a limit to that in your mind? Um, it really just depends on the user. I think. Um, I do think that it's becoming more and more of an issue in terms of meaningful relationships and um you know having the sm- the inner circle like a closer inner circle than an outer circle and so it tends to be a lot of um surface level between the outer circle um but it, it really is just like our generation changing and the depression the anxiety like we are not used to face-to-face conversations and yeah. having those controversial things you know in person is really like anxiety feeling for a lot of kids um and so i do think it's possible po- like gener- like someone in my generation to me i think the two of us could have a deep you know conversation relationship in terms of in front of a phone um, but i think it's really hard to go beyond someone my age um, and start a relationship that way and expect it to be deeper because um, it's just different ways we communicate as well even if it's in person or on a phone, we just communicate differently. Um, and so you could say the same for someone outside my generation to me, they might have a harder time connecting with me um, in person, just because we communicate differently. I think it's interesting too. I've said this, um, watching my kids in a relationship, um, in a dating situation. I think that because that, you know, we would, if you were dating someone, you would talk on the phone and that phone was in a living room with parents present. So those relate, those conversations were very surface. And when you start a relationship, um, you know, there's that awkwardness and, and it takes a while to get into a deeper relationship. It's different for this generation because they can have conversations on text or Snapchat that we will never see. And so I think their relationships actually get deeper faster than ours did. And so you either bail on that relationship quicker or you you are in a deeper relationship um, a lot faster. And I don't think we can really relate to that or understand how that could happen. So what I hear there is that it's, it's really a balance on both sides. You know, it's, it's a balance of um, not, it, it's a balance of, of you had to balance that when, when we were for to back in our day thing again, you mm-hmm. had to balance that, um, that inability to go below the, to go beyond the surface very quickly 
And then all of a sudden now there's this, so you had to, you had to, to work, to, to get, to meet, to meet together, to build that relationship, to build that depth. Now the balance is I've got to balance it. I don't go too fast because mm. I can't, because I don't, because I don't have the oversight of somebody else in, in, in this. You know, it's funny you say that. My, so my middle daughter, who's a, who is Anna's age. Anna, how are you? 20? 21. 21. So you're younger than Anna. Yeah. You're a junior in college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a sophomore. So uh, she's just started a, a, a I, I don't know what you call it nowadays. They're not, I, I was told they're not dating yet, but anyway, her and this, this <laughs> they're in the talking stage. That's yeah, what, that's why they're talking. So they're talking, but, <laughs> but he's met us and she met his family that day. Um, but I was laughing because Michelle said, she was finally met Connor or talked to Connor. I was like, well, how, where, how'd they talk? And she goes, he DM'd her. I said, wait, he slid into her DMs? She goes, and we started busting out laughing. This whole slid into her DMs thing. But that was the initial contact. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was in direct yeah. message on Instagram. And, and, you know, and so, and then did they graduate and move from Instagram conversation to Snapchat conversation? So it was a, you know, it's a big step <laughs> that we're doing nowadays. Um, Anyway, whatever. Um, That's exactly my son's dating someone because they commented on the same post on Instagram. Well, so she figured actually, out they had stuff in common. I guess Cammy was a little bit of a hybrid because they they got connected because her friend, her friend's boyfriend is best friends with Connor. If you if you follow, mm-hmm. him. So that's it's how crazy. they even yeah. knew, and, and so that's how they got connected. But then the first conversation was not on a phone or in person it was in the dms i thought it was kind of funny it is funny um so i let's talk a little bit about because i think we're talking about social media but um what about Anna? what advice do you have for churches and just websites i mean some of our churches don't even update their websites why do why do people go to a website what are they looking for do you think so they're just trying to get the church you know yeah just like a quick summary of either where they are probably location uh they're looking for that they're looking for how they're different what they stand for what denomination they are just like an overall synopsis a quick summary of who they are what they do and why you should be a part of their community their community so what do you think um, between a stock photo and real fo- photos of people or inside the church? Like what? I can answer that question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, but how many well, actually have you seen? No, I agree with you. It's a problem, yeah. but I mean, it's an easy answer. Yeah. Well, I see this though like with, with stuff in the marketing community. You know, I see websites like this where they look like they're a corporate website and they're a corporate company, but they're just using stock photos of, groups of people or teamwork or, you know, whiteboards, and it looks like they're a bigger community than what they are. And so that's another thing that's different is free photos are very easy to find. You just look up a keyword and you could find a church or a building or people worshiping together. Um, and so I don't know, it's, it's hard to, I mean, I know how to backtrack those photos. I know that's not common knowledge. And so I can tell you where they came from and know that it's not original. Um, but when you're a viewer on a website, like you want to be able to feel like you're a part of that community. And some stock photos are easy to tell if, you know, it's an original photo or not. And then others, it's kind of unsure. So I think it's having a gallery of photos and, you know, proving that this is what our community is um, to those viewers. Yeah. But what that does though, as soon as that, as soon as that potential attendee arrives on campus and realizes, Oh, that's not the church I saw. It's a different building. I mean, all of a sudden, you have lost any bit of authenticity you already that you that you thought you were building, and so I think that's one of the things too. Is from even for me is, you know, is that you you have to know you have to know enough about who you are and like you said, what you stand for and those things. But you have to have to all you have to be intentional. I think to to communicate that on that website because the the I have often said that young people are are more turned off by inauthenticity. There's your SAT word for the night, inauthenticity to anything. <laughs> and so if you've got, you know, if you've got a a a photo on there of a worship service that has, you know, a, a multi-ethnic worship service and they get there, and it's a bunch of white people, then, you know, it's they're going to know that's not, they're not being authentic. Or if it's, they've got a bunch of young people and they get there and it's all blue hairs, then 
they're not being authentic. So I think that's one thing that to, to always keep in mind is, and, and that's the whether it's social media or uh, or website is if you if you're not being true to who you are, then it's going to be a turnoff at some point. So what about um, then social media for church? How talk to us a little bit about just the different generations and and how they interact with each um, each uh, platform. That's what I'm looking for. Platform. Um, yeah. And any advice? Yeah. So I did a ten-page paper on this last <laughs> spring about um, what each generation is drawn to in terms of media. Um, and what they most relate to and what they're looking for, what they connect with. And so um, social media, I it depends on the platform. So like Snapchat, Instagram, obviously, would be catered toward my generation. Um, we like to see photos. We like to see quick videos and Instagram reels. Um, and then Facebook would be for that community base. And so not necessarily pushing media towards um, millennials and Gen X, but to offer that, you know, Facebook group to have the community go online, um, I think is really important. But millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, they all care for community and they all want to be a part of something just in different ways. And so Generation Z likes to be a part of community on their, you know, on their standards and at their time. They like to be in comment sections. They like to talk to people in comments. So again not the face-to-face -face, but to let them do that on their own time um millennials like short videos kind of millennials and gen z are kind of interchangeable in some things and then um gen x really likes how-to videos surprisingly and so they are more willing to watch five minute videos to learn more about things um and then obviously baby boomers and things prefer the uh hard copy the mail um but more community community and face-to-face -face. so um, regardless, social media is needed, websites are needed. Um, if you're not taking advantage of that, you are losing out on a lot of generations, not just mine. Um, people want to associate social media with Gen Z um, and the COVID generation, but it's really, I'd say, goes to 35, 40, 48 year, 45 year olds um, with families who want to be a part of a community. And so, um, I think it's a necessity at this point. I think that's one of the difficulties that, so, that go ahead, Kay, go ahead, Caroline. That comment. So Anna, I was just going to say, where can we buy your 10 page paper that is now an ebook <laughs> or it should be <laughs> for those of us? Cause I, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was a latchkey kid. I was, I'm used to being by myself and I like it. I really well, like it. Actually, I actually I think based on what Anna said, the best thing you could do, Anna, is to make a how-to video because that's what you <laughs> yeah. like it's true. Because I'm not going to read the documentation. <laughs> I need that how-to video. Yes, I'm not going to read the doc. <laughs> I've never read instructions on anything in my life, and I'm not going to start now. No, Gen X was we were all babies of the Cliff's Notes. We never read books. We read Cliff's Notes. No. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> And if Sesame Street didn't teach it, we didn't learn it. Right. Um, <laughs> Listen, even as an adult, they had a, um, executive summaries of books. Mm -hmm. I read all kinds of executive yeah. summaries of books in the 90s. So, yeah, I'm not reading all no. of that, man. Here's the thing. Anna has heard this story before. I was an English major, and I got through American Lit without reading a book. I just went to class and listened. That's really nice. You know what I call that? Resourceful. That um, is right. <laughs> what our generation is resourceful. So <laughs> that um, is the truth right there. You know, as I was listening to Anna talk, I I, I have talked with churches before when they've when we've we've or in the, even in the conference where we where I work is there's a lot of always a, this issue about communicating, communication, 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 communication. And I said, you know, we laugh at this, but literally it was easy. When we were first getting started, when it was just a telephone. So basically, mm -hmm. if you had a written newsletter and a telephone, you communicated well. Then you enter web, the, you, then you enter the internet and you've got this email. 
Then you add websites and now you order, then it was you, then you start MySpace and then, you know, to, to Facebook. And so it's, there's all these ways that you have to communicate. And there was a years ago, it's probably 20 years or more or, or 20 years ago or more. That's what I'm trying to say there. There was a book that I'm really author. It was, it was something on the lines of how to attract people in their twenties and keep people in their fifties or sixties. Basically it's like that, that generation gap. And I think, you know, it's a similar thing here is that, that in order for a church to, like you just said, and based on your paper, in order to 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 get information to boomers, which are still very much a part of our church and a vital part of our church, we have to we have to be willing to do, you know, paper and hard copies. But in order to get extras, we've got to do how to videos. And so you you've as the generations have get have gotten so different in how they prefer to communicate. It really is a challenge for the church. And I think it's it's one of the things that has been a struggle for the church is figuring communication out and how to do it effectively because it's difficult. It's not easy anymore. So, I mean, not just communication. I think even small groups, let's say, you know, think of, um, you know, some of us would be perfectly fine doing a small group on Zoom, but not everyone. Or, you know, maybe it's actually doing it via social media. Anna, you just said that your generation would be fine to be to comment in the comment section. So, you know, what does it look like for a young adult ministry or a youth ministry to to do daily devotions where you're just commenting on those? You know, I mean it just small groups could even look so different for a church. Well, mm -hmm. And one thing um sorry, one thing I did want to bring up too that that made me think of is I think the hard pill that churches have to swallow is the idea of what church is looking like now is changing. It's mm -hmm. not going to look like traditional sanctuaries, congregation, pastor preaching to the congregation. It's not going to look like that anymore. Um, especially with COVID, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be small groups. It's going to be Zooms. I've been a part of during 2020, during COVID in school, I was part of a small group and we only did it on Zoom. Um, I've been a part of text message groups where verses are sent back and forth. Like it, it is going to look different. And one thing that I've seen that um, was really impactful that I was surprised that someone had thought of this so quick with the rise of TikTok and the popularity of the platform is, you know, swiping as I do the seven hours a day on TikTok. I think my phone tells me <laughs> um, there was just a, a profile of someone. I think they were a pastor. Um, but they're like, stop scrolling. And they're like, let me pray for you real quick. And then they had the prayer and the person prayed for you. And they're like, carry on your day, you know, keep your mental health in check. And just small things like that, like that would go a very long way, especially with the people in my generation using TikTok. Um, but not even TikTok. Facebook has Facebook stories. Instagram has Instagram stories. There are other ways to reach out to people. But it's just a matter of knowing that the idea of church is changing. And it's not so much a brick and mortar idea anymore. And it wasn't to begin with either. And so maybe this is our way of going full circle that it's not supposed to be only in a building, only one person talking to another. It's supposed to be community based. And that's just what social media is, is trying to have a community. So, yep, absolutely. So it's funny you said my my college roommate has written a book called God is Shaking His Temple. And he's basically talking about that the way that that the church was designed in acts in the Bible was not at all what it has become. And in that he, one of the things he talks about is it's no longer about that. Well, part of our struggle, with the church is it's about you come to church here from on high from the great man or woman of God, but there's no interaction. There's none of that. And I think that's exactly what you're getting at. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I think that's a, a great word. Anna. um, yeah, for sure. I, I guess that's probably um well and we the thing ahead, Oh, I was just gonna say there are groups that I meet with now and that we met in person. I would before the pandemic, I would drive an hour to be part of an art and spiritual direction group in Asheville. And now we meet once a month on Zoom and we get together one time during our nine or ten month cycle. Um, we do it on Zoom and it saves everybody. 
Uh, there are people who are not going to come back to church on Sunday morning. They want to sit in their pajamas because they have to get up early and get out and about and move every other day of the week. And um, and it's I'm having a hard time with with churches who are really pushing people to to come mm-hmm. back. There's nothing we've got to find a way to make authentic community. Well, it, where people are, yeah. not where we want them to be. Well, because I think it's important to rem- to think about in any shift in um, history and generations has been a big event, and the pandemic has changed us. And so, like Anna said, I don't think it's just her generation that enjoys being at home. I look forward to being able to be at home in the evening after work. And I agree, the thought of going out sometimes anymore since the pandemic just kind of wears me down. And so I think we do have to realize there's been a shift in who we are as humans now. And we do enjoy our homes and our families and and our dogs. Who wants to leave their dog? But here's where I think the root cause of this is. This is just the Chris Lynch opinion. Is I think the root cause of all of that is there's a there's a there is such a desire in the church to to maintain and sustain the church, and it's all about church building. And we've got to figure out how do we move folks to understand, not be so worried about church building and get into kingdom building. Now that's my sermon for the night, and I won't go any further. Than that, but we, but I think that's I would the, call it the, the institution. Right, it's it's keeping trying to, the institution keep alive rather than keeping trying to hang yeah. on to the buildings, hang on the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that's become the most important thing, and and, and I, and I that and that's just it. Even when you talk to people like after pandemic about you know because I I have said before that that you know there were churches that were really curious about um, online ministry and social media and those things. They were kind of peering peering over the edge of the pool. And then COVID came and just kicked them all into the deep end. They had to figure out how to swim. And, and most of those churches that are like that, they weren't really doing anything anything effective in those in those medium at that point. The only thing they've done is they've, they've their, their whole goal is to do it just enough until the pandemic was over that people would come back onto campus. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to start thinking right. through, and I think this is what Anna's talking about, is how can we, you know, is how do we shift our focus from trying to get people back onto campus to shifting to see that the online uh, that online could be another whole campus, and maybe we make disciples out of people who never stepped foot on our campus physically, and be okay with that. But most of most folks in our churches are not okay well, with that. We need to be okay with it. I mean, if you're going to make me drive an hour to something, there better be a reason I'm coming. I mean, there better be something worth me driving. And even if I'm going to drive across town or wherever to to something it, it it needs to it needs to be compelling what about you Anna? do you just hop in the car and drive around for no reason <laughs> <laughs> in covid i would, would say we did but yes reward. yeah we took plenty of rides in COVID, but that was yeah. just yeah. we didn't go anywhere Right. Yeah, you know, like going me. somewhere you don't want to go on your one day off, like you don't want right. to have to do that. And I, well, I think I realized that the pace of life that we were all trying to sustain before COVID is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So we all got this wonderful time out. That I, I mean, I say that, but it was a very difficult time. People lost their lives. It was scary. It was, it was horrific. And we've gone back and. Um, Anna, you mentioned the the mental health. You've mentioned mental health a couple of times. And I think that's important because um, that could be a place where churches or faith communities could step up because we've had a traumatic experience and there are very few places or groups of people who've processed it. Mm-hmm. We just continued right back like normal. Mm-hmm. So... Sorry, mic drop. Y'all take yeah. it. Well, I, I would we told you we told you you were going to do that before we got on here. That we'd sit here and you're like, I'm not going to interview. We're like, yeah, you'll yes. drop the Gandalf word of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right there it is. 
<laughs> I think too there needs to be some intentionality with online engagement. The churches that do it well um, actually reach out um, and have a way to figure out who is engaging in either worship services or their um, social media and to be able to um, develop a relationship, even if it is strictly online. So I'm curious, Anna. Wouldn't getting... it be great if some churches or if if churches had online hosts as well as the places that are most effective in that are the ones who have someone sitting at their computer on site at the worship service who are engaging and talking to people. I was going to ask Anna without getting too lost into that, because I'm sure you could probably d define this in words that would make me not understand it. But like in layman's terms, how, how do you define <laughs> engagement? Like how do you, or how do you, what, what does it mean, I guess, to engage someone online? That's the thing that's missing. I, mean, I think that a lot of churches will have an online presence, but it's not very engaging. So how do you define that, that engagement piece? Yeah, so there's a lot of analytical terms that I could throw at you that would be very confusing. But it's basically just um, there's something called a call to action. And so anything that you do in digital marketing, you have to have a call to action. And so you could read an email campaign all day, but if there's not a button that asks you to do something or to get more involved, click here, read more, it's not going to be successful. So it does come back to the analytics for you to click on things. It's basically anything. It's, it's the path that the viewers take by clicks. And so if you say read more and they click on that, that's an engagement. Or, or if they're on a page for X amount of seconds, that's an engagement. If they click on, they click off within a certain amount of seconds, they didn't see what they wanted, that's also an engagement. So there are all these numbers that basically show the interest and the readability of things. And um, just if people want to stay on, read more, you know, click more, buy now, stuff like that. Yeah. So Anna, I have a question. And I... Okay, so there are those annoying videos that keep you on there and they promise to tell you something and then they keep telling you more things and they promise to give you, they keep, they just keep like, and I'll, oh my gosh, I get so mad when I'm 20 minutes in and they haven't told me yet. <laughs> what the heck are they doing? Why won't they tell me, Anna? <laughs> <laughs> so... You're doing exactly what they want you to do. The longer you're on that video, the more money they get. That's counting as a view. And so <laughs> if a video is 20 minutes, even if you skip to the end, that counts as a view. And so as views go up, you get more and more money the longer you stay on. I think that's another bounce rate. I'm not quite sure for videos, but the longer you watch, there's that's a certain funny. percentage of bounce rate for that. I, so I got, yeah, you're I doing got, right what they want. I got sucked into one of those not long ago trying to fix my slice <laughs> on the golf course. So I'm glad to know that guy <laughs> makes some money off of me. Um, yeah. so it's probably any, any parting thoughts from anybody or questions. I, I just been a, we could probably talk about this for about, probably should do a two or three part series. I, on I that. mean, we could do a series, right? Um, I think um, for churches who are listening and thinking, well, I, I don't know anything about social media. Um, first of all, there's plenty of young people in your community that could help you. Um, and that's really a good, in fact, it's a great way to engage your young people is to say, hey, we want a more online presence. Can you help us? And that's a great way to get your young people um, connected and um, interested for well, sure. And that was going to be. Go ahead, Kay. Go ahead. <laughs> we're all we're all everybody's not okay it'd make my world yeah. a whole lot easier <laughs> what are you gonna say anna that was going to be my one piece of advice actually is that if you are a church listening if you are a member of a church you want your church to change the one thing that i will give advice to is to create an executive board and each person on the exec team is from a different generation. And if you have the resources to have two from each generation, one on the low end and one on the high end, because 
even in like millennials or um you know the younger people of generation z i don't really relate to um they have a different experience than me but we're still considered the same generation and so if you are able to have two people from each generation it can go a very long way because that is your market churches you know I think it's really hard to market to people because your target market is everyone. And so it just depends on the platform. And so you have your exec team right there. You get to ask, what do you like to see? What are you drawn to? What do you think we should do? Um, is the one thing that I can say to do, because I think that can go a very long way um, for any church. I think that's great advice. Anna, um, you have a website, right? What's your website? I thought your mom was it not going to be, I thought your mom was not going to let you plug that. I was going to, I was about to set it up <laughs> until you gave that great piece of advice. Yeah. Tell me about your website, Anna, and what you do there. Yeah. So it's goldensparksolutions.com. Uh, it's an LLC that I created um, last summer. And so I have worked with churches before. I've been denied by churches. Uh, mm -hmm. kind of in hindsight has caught them on the deep end. Um, don't know why you wouldn't hire someone for social media that is a young person, but that's for another, another time if you want to have me back, but um, it is, <laughs> yeah, it is golden spark solutions, LLC. I specialize in anything online marketing. Um, I love to work with small companies and build up their online presence um, while also educating you so that I can help you. But then if I'm, if I'm doing a one-time job, you can do it yourself and anyone can do it themselves. And that's something that um, is really part of my purpose. I, anyone can learn it. It's not just because of me and my generation. It, it's supposed to come easy to me. Um, but anyone can do it. Anyone can learn it. Anyone can get the certifications that I have. They're just how-to videos, so you guys would actually love them. Um, <laughs> but that's all they are. <laughs> so it's golden spark solutions dot would you say com. dot com okay i'll um Kay text me that i'll I'll make sure i put that in the show notes in case somebody wants to, to just click and we'll get some engagement going on yeah uh, it may help us out in the long run you never know um yeah that, that's really super and i really appreciate it um and, and so I was, I, I do this thing at the end of the end of every episode, um, Anna, where we have a, um, a random fact of the, of the week. And so I was thinking about that this would be pretty appropriate because a lot of folks, when they start thinking about social media, they think about banging their head against the wall. Um, and if you don't want to bang your head against the wall, you can call Anna and she can help you with that, but, or email <laughs> Anna or whatever you do on her website. <laughs> in case you were wondering, there is one benefit that you may not have recognized about banging your head against a wall. Banging your head against a wall for one hour will burn 150 calories. <laughs> okay. The Gen X in me is is doing nothing but singing, bang your head. Mental health <laughs> will drive you mad. Do you know this? Remember the song? Wow! Barely, oh yeah! Barely. From um oh whatever Iron Maiden is yeah. it Iron Maiden? Oh my gosh! I would have never. I, that's the only line I would have known was "Bang Your Head." You start talking about something else. I don't know what you're talking. Um, about. hold on. I got to make sure. I... One hundred fifty calories. And oh, hour. sorry. Quiet riot. Quiet riot. Bang your head. Quiet riot. Let's see, I remember Quiet Riot for "Come On, Feel the Noise." Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so you could also, if you don't want to bang your head against the wall, you could take your dog for a 45-minute walk and burn 150 calories, and that might be a little more. That's probably I was going to say, I feel like a walk would burn more calories than going through that pain. <laughs> I just saw and, this. and it's just but as again, good for your mental so, health. Here's the thing about this, though. This is always what happens with these, Anna, is it's never the fact. It's the thoughts we have after the fact, is which is what's best. So here's where my mind goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I always end up googling something. No, what I want is that <laughs> your mother never your your mother never believes me. She's like, I, I've got questions. But here's the question <laughs> I have: Who banged their head on a wall for a whole hour to find out it only burned 150 calories? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I mean, who? But how much? What were they drinking or smoking that made them think? You know what? I bet if I banged my head against the wall for an hour, I'd burn some calories. Yeah, someone did. Who who has it? Who are these people who are this bored? That sounds like a boomer. Comment. 
I can't, boomer. I can't comment. No, well, I think it was probably the boomer effect on a younger generation, but we just won't talk about that. <laughs> it's true. It's true because we were left by ourselves to figure things out. Tune in on, tune in on the next episode of the Cultivating Ministry podcast when we have a guest who's a boomer just so they can defend themselves. We've, we've pissed off every boomer that's ever listened to it. Do boomers they listen to podcasts? Get on the internet. They can't find podcasts. That's so bad. The boomers out there. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Sorry anyway, thanks for listening. This week. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry podcast. Uh, be sure to check out our um, website at cultivategroup.org. C U L T I V, the number eight group.org follow us on social media uh engage with us make some clicks and give us reviews and all those give us things. only positive reviews we only take positive reviews please at this point i think anna would probably tell you our analytics could use a boost so we'll take negative reviews if you're a boomer and we made you so mad that uh you need to leave a bad review i'll take it at this point um, okay. any, any, any engagement is engage is good engagement the way i see it Kay. okay uh, and if we can do anything to help you along the way, let us let us know. We'd be glad to to do anything we can to help you as you try to create a ministry environment. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group at C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.